Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. I'll dish everything before I leave. I need to find that bag on my quiz. Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny, so why doesn't everyone else think we're really funny? It's been the longest year ever, hasn't it? She's the most relaxed captain you've ever known. You got me through my flight from Mackay to Adelaide, so thank you very much. Well, my dog is now called Judy Anderson. Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to aim for Steve. Sophie Eccleston's the worst, like having a child with you when she's on tour. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows I'm a little bit stupid. Polly, we've been to our first women's cricket final. Apart from the World oh, Cup. Oh, well, apart from the World Cup. <laughs> Domestic. Domestic yes. final. Yeah. Uh, last Saturday, it was Charlotte Edwards Cup semi-final and final and Northampton. Which, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by Northampton. As a town and as a venue? Not, well, I didn't really see much of the tab of the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I had low expectations, but it was, it was all right. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't yeah. quite edge bastard, but... It was a lovely day. A bit yeah. windy, but nice It was sunshine. very windy. I got very burnt. It was one of those where it was quite warm, but you got burnt because of the wind. Um, so I think, like, one side of my leg was quite burnt where I was standing. But, no, it was a really good day. So, um, for those who are not aware, mm-hmm. there were two games. The first yeah. of them was the semi-final between Central Sparks and mm-hmm. South East Stars. Yeah, and... It got off to a really good start, mm-hmm. um, well, from our perspective anyway. So, um, Sparks uh, bowled first. They did. Um, and got rid of Brownie Smith and Aidan Cronstone very quickly. Mm. And then Alice Capsey very quickly. And so actually it was uh, Alice Davidson Richard that um, played really well for them. She got 29 from 30 and also Callie Moore, 34 from 42. Um, and I think, I mean, without those two um the total would have been a lot lower um it was just about defendable wasn't it yeah it was 100 105 i can't remember it was just over 100 yeah. <laughs> um i mean sparks bowled really well izzy wonk i was very impressed with two for eight yeah um especially because her bowling hasn't been like the standout thing of her this season really mm-hmm. um grace potts three for 20 just bowled really really well again um so I mean I think going into the second inning Sparks were you know it looked like a very chaseable total mm. however I think Sparks made it a little bit difficult for themselves they did um and actually at one point it was like oh are we actually gonna win this um but it was fine in the end it was a little bit nervy wasn't it yeah I think mainly due to Bryony Smith four for 14 she bowled very very well um similarly Callie Moore bowled well um so yeah, it was it was also quite nerve wracking because um, Sophia Dunkley was back in the side for Southeast Star. So um, I mean, she came in at three or four, I think, mm-hmm. and she was gone very quickly as well. I think Capsy went for six and Dunks went for five or something like that. So it was yeah, um, Sparks did very well to get those wickets early because you know as we've seen throughout the tournament, if Stars' openers get a partnership, then they will stay there. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, oh, it was just such a, it was so strange after the semi-final because I suppose Vipers, it, it didn't particularly affect them, but for Sparks, it was like, 
okay, now we've got to go do a final. Mm. Um, and actually the performance, I mean, bowling was great, but their batting performance, I suppose you, you knew you could not bat like that against Vipers. Absolutely. Um, so I think they were eight wickets down and they wanted yeah. five balls to spare. Mm. Emily Arlott really came in and yeah. steadied things yeah. right at the end, batting-wise. Um, but you're absolutely right. So you know to have any chance mm. of beating Vipers, you've got to be completely on top of your game. And the first yeah. decision mm. that had to be made uh, because they won the toss in the yeah. final was are they going to bat first yeah. or are they going to do like they mm. did in the semi-final and bowl first? Yeah. And I, I thought it was a good decision. Um, in fact, I was asked if in the toss, what should we do? And I, I said bat first because... I think because of the way it went in the semi-final, obviously they did win. However, the batting performance let them down. You want to try and change something. Um, so I, I think they did make the right decision with that. I think the thing that's so difficult about playing the semi-final and final on the same day is that it's almost... it's The time gap between the final and semi-final was in some ways too long, but it was also too short because you had kind of enough time to come down from that high but you were still slightly like energetic but you didn't have time to properly recuperate and it is one of those things where especially if you've batted badly or bowled badly or anything like that you don't have time to reset and think about your plans again stuff like that and I think potentially that had an impact um I, I think so I, I guess if you compare it to the hundred Yes. Where Oval Invincibles mm -hmm. won at the Oval yeah. on the previous day mm -hmm. and then the following day went to launch yeah. the final. They brought all that momentum yeah. with them and none of the exhaustion. Yeah. Um, whereas it felt like with Sparks that they'd had to battle hard mm. eventually in that semi. Yeah, and they were tired. Yeah, you could yeah. see in the field and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's one of those. And I suppose it will be interesting to see the difference with the Rachel Hayeflint trophy mm -hmm. if... Um, you know, similar thing happens. I hope oh, can someone just beat the Vipers. Um, but um, anyway, we'll talk about the final because it, it was quite a good game. So um, Amy Jones top scored for Sparks, uh, 27 from 23. Um, but Charlie Dean, again, bowled very, very well, mm -hmm. 2 for 19. Um, she did it oh, after they won and um, they were like all waiting for the medal. She winked at me and looked at me. I was like, oh, you dead one, didn't you? But again, their batting was just really good. And I mean, Sparks got some really key wickets. Um, Elwes went quite quickly. Yeah. Um, George Adams, I think, went for, for zero. Um, but My Boucher and Ellen McCowan batted really, really well. Um, yes. And Izzy Wong got George Adams out. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was good. catch it mid off and mid on. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, yeah, Vipers chased down. It was 110 to him or something like that. Um, again, it was quite low. Um, and Charlie Dean hit the winning runs. Yeah, I mean, and, and was a player of the match. So, yeah, um, yeah she she had a, a great game. Mm. And I just love the way she goes about her business, really, mm. because it, she's very competitive. Yeah. But she seems to be having lots of fun yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, and just plays with a smile on her face. Mm. Yeah, no, I really like that. Um, so, no, it was a really good day. And, um, yeah, obviously have to see Sparks in the final but I mean to get to the final is an incredible achievement and this is what I said it's like well I got further in the competition than last year and also knocked out the defending champions in the semi-final so I think you've got to be happy with that 
I guess as a team, you look you got to look for progress, haven't you? Yeah. And I think Sparks have made progress. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that means they're going to win anything, <laughs> I, we don't know. You know, um, it's going to be a tough ask mm-hmm. for them to to win the Hayhoe Flint, but they're making progress. Yeah. Without doubt. Yeah, and I think also to be able to, I suppose, put yourself up there with Vipers and Stars is quite a big thing because previously that was what Northern Diamonds were doing really Mm -hmm. and I feel like Sparks are slightly ahead of that at the moment um so that's really good to see but I kind of want to touch I I mean other people have touched on it but about Vipers as a whole and I suppose their dominance within the regional structure Mm -hmm. um because I, I was thinking about this about the teams that have existed from the KSL days Okay. And have moved forward because um, obviously that's so it's Vipers, Lightning, obviously slightly different names, Love for Lightning, Lightning, um, and Western Storm, I think are the only three okay. that have still. I mean, there was Surrey Stars, but that's different from Southeast Stars. But yes. same with Norm- Northern Diamonds, it was Yorkshire Diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, I think it was quite interesting because the vibe this is like the Viper setup is something that Lottie has grown for a while from the KSL days. And so I suppose going into the new regional structure that started in 2020, they had a bit that sort of advantage. Um, and that's n- by no means like dragging them anyway, because they are an incredible team and they've built that up themselves. But I think it's quite interesting to see the difference between teams that have existed for a long time and I suppose I think from social media and stuff Vipers have a bigger following because the team has existed for a longer time it's got an identity Mm. that's the key thing really and that part of the identity comes from history but a lot of it comes from Lottie yeah so she has a stamp on that team they have Mm. a way of going about their business and then part of the identity is branding as well so what Mm. was really clear um at the finals days there were three teams pay, taking part yeah but there was only vipers that had any merch and you looked around yeah. and people had vipers flags they were wearing vipers yeah. shirts they had yeah. vipers hats yeah i mean thing. i think a lot of that is from the ksl days um i mean some of the shirts i think were like new ones that mm-hmm. either players are given away or i don't know if people can buy them um but yeah i suppose it's that it's that legacy of the ksl that people still have those attachments and that's what you need you need people like with the hundred um you know I've got a Manchester original shirt and a hat it's like you you attach yourself to that because so if you're going to buy something it's like you're like investing yourself into this team um so I think that's an interesting thing of trying to like connect people to teams um it felt it felt like Vipers fans were a wider base than just family and mm. friends of the players. Yeah. Whereas I got the feeling for, for Sparks particularly. Yeah. The only people following Sparks there were actually somehow connected to the team. Yeah. I think there were a couple of exceptions, but yeah, I, I would agree. Um so yeah, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that develops over time. Um I mean, and you would imagine that the other teams would catch up to an extent. But at the same time, if Vipers are winning a lot of stuff, there are glory hunters out there and they're going to want to support a team that are winning. And there are players that are going to want to play for the team that wins. Yeah. And so it it becomes quite self-perpetuating, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I guess the the crunch point will come Mm -hmm. when Lottie moves on. 
Yeah. Um, and clearly there's a kind of um, progression of coaches that yeah. you brought um, Anya in. And that's clearly yeah. the plan there, isn't it? Mm. But, you know, often when you've had a very, very, very successful coach, mm-hmm. it's quite difficult to yeah. take over from them and to mm-hmm. keep on doing what they were doing. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's all very interesting. Um, I wanted to mention something which I found really funny. I put on Twitter the other day. Um, so I was playing a game on Monday. And it was very, really village because the other team, they like, most of them were playing with their thigh pads on the outside of their trousers, which is just, I disagree with in every single way. It's fine for nets, not fine for match. So it looked quite village. And then this girl played the nutmeg. Mm. I think it was accidental. But I remember, I, I think... Um, I think I was at mid on and I was watching, I was like, did she do the nutmeg? And then after the game, I was like, did, did that girl do the nutmeg? You're like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think it was like centered, but it was, a, it was a great shot. I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I thought that was quite funny. Yes, um, but I thought you played well, Paul. I didn't play that well in the first game. I mean, I didn't bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bowled, I got <laughs> naught for 24. Um, bowled quite a few wines. Um, but then the game on Wednesday, I got naught for eight, um, which was a bit better. Uh, so those of you who's followed the uh, mm-hmm. pod for a while know that Polly has been um, practicing leg spin. So yeah. at the start of the season, changed to be a leg mm-hmm. spinner I, after much encouragement from Thea Brooks <laughs> to do it, and um, and it's actually really hard. It is. Do you know honestly, it is so hard. <laughs> like I, I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone just put leg spin is really hard I just like retweet that with my whole heart because it is so much harder that because to to bowl it straight but then also get turned it's just so difficult it's, it's all about getting the moment of delivery of letting yeah. go of the ball mm-hmm. correct yeah which sounds like a really easy thing but it's, but it's so difficult not... and it's just firstly like it's a big thing completely changing the way you hold the ball mm-hmm. and not having like a finger either side of the seam it's like mm-hmm. cross seam and then things like your wrist it's just like yeah it's complicated but it's it's coming on nicely and to be fair oh in the first game I think it was my second over the first ball and my second over at the end of the, the over my umpire said to me that would have been LB but they like don't really give LB mm, um yeah. in the game which is so annoying I think there's it happened in the last match someone was given LB but that's because it was like really, really odd. This was one that it probably would have been given out if they were doing LB, but um, I was kind of annoyed about that because, yeah. But um, no, I really enjoyed it and yeah, it's good. So, um, I mean, never know. Somewhere, someone there, someone needs a leg spinner. So, I'll, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think it is quite good because it adds a bit more variation to my team in terms of bowling and stuff. And I really like it. Like, I really like it now because at first I was so resistant to it. And I was like, I do not want to do this. I don't want to change because it feels like starting from scratch again. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, I realised I'm definitely a bowler, not a batter. When I, I got one and then got bowled by the most horrific way. It was such a babble and I was really annoyed when I got out. But tried to whack it for four, which... Yes. Uh, yes. Well, if we have any leg spinners who listen to yeah. the pod, um, do get in touch with any mm-hmm. tips to Polly about how to um, um, improve your yeah, leg spin. Yeah, and if you're like a professional leg spinner, I don't want any amateur advice. And <laughs> 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 good things. No, it's just like, oh, you know, you see people on Twitter like trying to give advice. It's like, right, you play for like your village fourth team. Stop trying to give me advice. <laughs> no. 
I want my thing. So yeah, Katie Levick. Katie Levick. Let me know because you've got a lot of wickets. <laughs> or tell me how to like befriend the groundsman so you can make the pitches really nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, we need to mention South Africa series. So that mm. wrapped up today against Ireland. Shabby Miss Ismail bowled really well today. Five wickets, four maidens, eight runs, I think. Wow. Um, really, really good. So it's exciting to see... Well, I say it's exciting to see South Africa do so well ahead of England. It's not. It's slightly like nerve-wracking. But um, it's, I, I've enjoyed because uh, quite a few of like the senior players, so Dan Villiers, Calatis Ali, Marathon Cup, um, haven't been part of the team uh, through injury and stuff. Um, it's meant that, you know, less-known players and younger players have had to step up, and that's been really exciting. I think that's worked quite well playing against Ireland as well because yep. it makes it more of a match. Yeah. Um, but it's good to see that they are back, other than Denver Cook, they're all back um, for the England series. Um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm going to try and get to stay through the test match. Um, That'll be amazing. Because that's the only day I can actually go to. I really wanted to go to the last day, but it's sports day and nothing matters to me more than sports day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we might have won it by the fourth day anyway. Yeah, we might win it on the third day. You never know. Um, so, yeah, it's been... A bit, a bit of a quieter week in women's cricket, especially compared to the men's game. Um, but until the Rachel Hay Flint starts, um, there's not tons happening up in the Test match, I think. Yeah, that's right. So England, um, I guess there'll be a squad announcement fairly yeah. shortly. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see mm. who's in, who's out. Yeah. Because um, you'd expect it to be a sort of moment of change. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Hopefully Charlie Dean will be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you you would hope so. You'd hope so, yeah. Uh, I can't quite think what more she'd need to do to keep no. her place. Um, so, yes, we'll see what happens with that. And then, yeah, on to the Rachel Hayo Flint at the start of mm. July. Yeah, so there is tons of cricket. And I think we're almost in the calm before the storm. Um, mm. I was looking at the calendar ahead, you know, come off Games 100. It's like, oh, it's all very intense. But it is extremely exciting. Um, and so... I suppose stay in tune with our podcast because mm. we'll provide you with all the information and our analysis of it all, really. You've come up with a good guest this week. Oh, yeah, the guest. <laughs> it's going to wrap it up there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been a long week. Um, yeah, our guest. So we recorded this a couple of days before the semi-final and final. So it is hindsight, but I think it actually is quite cool because... You can look back and go, hmm, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because Emma Jones, mm -hmm. uh, our guest, um, is uh, not a full-time professional cricketer. No, she, she's a student. She's a student at Cambridge University studying mm -hmm. veterinary science, which is a, a massive thing. It's a huge degree. And she spoke to us. Uh, on the day she spoke to us, she'd had two of her Cambridge exams, mm -hmm. which and are, she had again, more exams. massive. She had yeah. more exams. The following day and then mm. was going straight up to Northampton That's crazy. and so whereas the professionals have been mm. just yeah. focusing on cricket and training and I thought I was busy absolutely um. and so she played in that uh, semi-final and mm. uh, she batted I think she was not out at the end yes um and uh, but and then she bowled what the second over of the game and yeah. she got hit for 19 runs in it and then didn't bowl anymore <laughs> so it was it, yeah, it was really not a, a great day for Emma that yeah. day. Um, uh, uh, but she's clearly a very, very promising mm. player for the future. Yeah. I got a thumbs up and a nod at the end, and I was like, sweet <laughs> one. Um, I also mutual agreement that 
we then had to go and smash Vikes in the final, which sorry, uh, didn't quite work. Down on that side. But you know, at least she doesn't have to get a Southeast Stars tattoo. Oh right, that was <laughs> yeah, that was the deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. So um, shall we just go straight into our interview with Emma? Yes. So how are you doing, Emma? I'm all right, thanks. You? Yeah, yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. What sort of day have you had today? Um, I've had a, I've had a couple of exams. A couple? Oh, just one today actually. So it was a, all right day. But no, yeah. Because you're you're studying Cambridge, is that right? Yeah, I'm doing vet med at Cambridge. So we've got um, exam week this week, and I had a couple the week before, but just got to get through this. Yeah, I'd like to say I went to Cambridge, but I, I went to Cambridge to um, to visit my then girlfriend, who's, who's your mum, <laughs> back in the mid-90s. So I had three very nice years there, not doing any work, but just visiting Nicola on the weekends. She was at Downing College. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm at Emmanuel, which is just opposite it. But Yeah, yeah, yeah I went to the ball at Emmanuel in 95 or 96, <laughs> I think it was very good. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not smart enough to go to Cambridge. Yeah, you <laughs> know about that. It's a nice place to visit, though. Oh, it's lovely. It's yeah. really lovely. Um, um, so, what is your cricket story, and how did you first get involved with cricket? Oh, um, so I think I picked up cricket when I was probably seven. Um, I was born in England, and then we moved to Hong Kong when I was seven. Um, and my dad plays cricket and my brother who's two years younger than me would always pick up a cricket bat and have a play and I think we used to have a basketball court um, near our apartment so my dad took me and my brother down there and he'd throw balls to us and we'd try and hit the ball and he was like he just said you might as well come along and have a go um, so I went to it was called a gappers session. I think it's basically Colts here. Um, and yeah, never looked back. It was all boys for the first two years that I did it. And then they made a girl section. Um, but yeah, it was it was really nice. I enjoyed it, so I just kept going. All right, so at what age did you come back to the UK and how did you sort of pick up cricket then? I came back um, when I was 12. Funny story, I didn't actually know we were moving back until <laughs> after we left. Um, so I thought we were just coming here for holiday, um, but my dad ended up getting a job here. So whoosh, we were here. Um, so I came back and I think through my dad, um, I got some trials for Hertfordshire under 13s. Um, so we live in Hertfordshire on the border. Well, our town's halfway. Half of it is Hertfordshire, half of it is Essex. Um, so we went the Hertfordshire way and I was there for two years. Um, and that was really nice. Um, but the standard wasn't amazing. And because I went to school, I went to Felstead School, which is in Essex. Um, so they had quite a good connection to Essex like county so I then trialed there and I've been there since. 
Yeah, and so I suppose now, how do you balance uni with cricket? Because especially doing the degree that you are, it's like a very time consuming and quite long. And obviously cricket is also a very long game. How do you balance and find time for all of it? It's a lot, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think strangely enough, COVID actually helped quite a lot um, in that in my first year, most of our stuff was done online. So all the lectures would be pre-recorded. Um, so I could manage my time a little bit better. If I wanted to go to training on one day, I could shift my lectures to either another day or do them before or after I was going to go. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's something that I've struggled with a little bit because as much as I love what I'm doing at uni, I really enjoy cricket. Um, so when the option comes for me to either go to a training session or do some work, I'll always go to the training session, which is great in the moment, but it does pile up a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think it's been a lot of work trying to keep that motivation going, but it does help that it's a degree that I do enjoy and I have support there if I need it from both the uni side and the cricket side. Um, and my parents are great as well, so yeah. Yes, is it veterinary science you're doing? Yes, yeah. I mean that's that's huge, isn't it? That uh, <laughs> how how long are you still? That's not a three year degree, presumably. No, so it's a, it's six years, um, which is a long time. So it's we have basically two years of preclinical veterinary stuff, of which I'm in my second year, and then next year I'll it's called intercalating, but I'll do a different degree for a year, and after that I'll have a science degree from Cambridge. And then the three years after that are clinical years where I do placements and stuff. It's quite confusing. I'm still not 100% <laughs> sure what's going on, but yeah. So I guess, how do you see in the future those two things potentially working alongside each other, um, especially with you know, the potential of professional contracts within the women's game now at domestic level? How do you see those two things working or will they not? <laughs> It's a good question and one I get asked it quite a lot actually. Um, I think for me it's great that the cricket like women's cricket is becoming professional and it's also not great in that it's very tempting to if I got given a contract to go with it because that is what I would want to do. Um, I think the good thing about my degree being sort of two halves means that I have a sort of checkpoint after the third year where I have a degree from Cambridge, but not a vet, vet qualification. So I could potentially pause it there, I think. I'm not entirely sure, but in my head that's how it works. Um, but yeah, um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, it would, it's, easier now in preclinical stuff because when it becomes clinical we have to do a lot of placements in the holidays and obviously that takes up so much time that I want I would be trying to train um but yeah it it's I'm not the sort of person that looks too far in the future so I'm just trying to take each 
I say week, I really go with by hours. Um, <laughs> and then I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Hopefully I'm in a good enough place where I have the choice as to what I want to do. If not, who knows, but yeah. Yeah, and it is great to have those choices, isn't it? And, and in some ways, I guess for the, at the moment, being a student does give you a bit more flexibility than say you were trying to work a full-time job and be a cricketer as well. So there are plus sides of where you're at at the moment. But yeah, I guess you're right that looking further down the line, there is going to be a choice to be made at some point. Yeah, definitely. I'm in a bit of a nice limbo at the moment, but obviously not all the girls in our team are professional and you see a lot of them having to come straight from work and some of them are teachers, which means they've spent the whole day there and then just Zoom across for the evening. Um, so I count myself quite lucky to just be at uni really and um what's your time been like with the southeast stars over the last few years um because obviously the whole regional setup was quite new and i suppose some of the people you'd have played with uh before at essex but it was kind of new for everyone so what's that experience been like yeah it's been it's been amazing actually um so i'm not the southeast stars isn't actually my region as you'll well it shouldn't be my region as you'll have gathered um <laughs> So I should be in the Sunrisers for both Essex reasons and Cambridge reasons. Um, but um, so I didn't get picked for the Sunrisers the first year. Um, and I mean the COVID year of 2020. I was put forwards, but didn't get in. And then, but in the three years before that, I'd been involved in the Stars RDC setup down at Surrey. Um, with a lot of the same coaches so Richard Redbrook led that and Tom Lister was there and a lot of the Surrey and Kent girls are there now um, so when it got to well last winter I got a message from Tom Lister asking me if I wanted to come down there instead and have the chance to train with the seniors there at the time I was only trying to go for the academy um, so that was a really good opportunity and then through the winter, I was training with the seniors and um, then I sort of progressed and got offered a contract, which is really cool. Um, and it's it's a really, I always say this, but it's a really, really lovely group of people, both players and staff. Um, it's, we just, everyone gets on so well, but just the people around you, everyone's very aware of the fact that you're a person before you're a cricketer. And it makes a big difference, um, especially the fact that not all of us do this full time. Um, but yeah, it's been a really great environment to be a part of. And the level of training is just so much different to anything I'd had before that, especially the strength and conditioning stuff. I wasn't very fit going into it. I sort of got by by default, but then I remember the first session I was there or the, the first week anyway we had to do a running session and I I'm, I'm not a big running fan I don't like running um and I was so far behind the other people it was mostly the pros there but I was just so far behind and it it's it was a bit of like an insight into how hard you do have to work to be at that level outside of a skills perspective um, so yeah, it's not all skills. 
Yeah, I was gonna say we did notice that um, you don't play for Sunrises. Slightly hard to believe that you uh, didn't get into that team. <laughs> um, but anyway, there's been a lot of success with Southern Stars and um, you won the Charlotte Edwards Cup last year. So the big question is, are you going to win the semi-final and then the final on Saturday? Well, I'm going to say yes, because um, <laughs> no other answer is going to work, really. Um, we mentioned that we're from Birmingham, by the way. No, you didn't. Oh, you're Sparks fans. <laughs> yeah, um, so I mean, I think I know who's going to win, um, but I think you might have a different opinion to that. Yeah, no, I think we've got this. Um, obviously, in the group stages, it was one each. Um, that first game was very frustrating <laughs> from our side. I don't think we played our best cricket. And yeah, it definitely showed. And then I'm assuming it was the other way around in the second game. I don't think they played their best cricket after the rain came. Um, so hopefully it will be top, like a top level from both teams come Saturday and we'll see who comes out best then. Um, but I would like either us or Sparks to beat the Vipers because they don't need to win anything else. We, we completely agree with totally, that. Like just, yeah. if the Vipers win something else, I'm going to be fuming because out of all the teams, they are just the team I would want to obliterate. There's just something about them. I'm not sure yeah. what it is. They're all lovely people, but- yeah, This is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all lovely, although, but they just keep winning. Yeah, although they lost to the Sunrisers the other day. I think that might I have been a weird game, but that gave me a lot of joy. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I feel it's a strategy, though, isn't it? It's just to kind of lull people into a mm. false sense of security. We, we saw uh, Vipers at Old Trafford, didn't we, about mm. a week ago? And they were just unbelievable. I mean, in the field, I think there's only four fours scored in the whole of the, uh, the Thunder innings because they just couldn't penetrate the infield yeah yeah I think the field the standard of fielding's been excellent generally I'm gonna say that I think we might have had the stronger group so they haven't been properly tested yet and yeah. I think hopefully it's like Southern Brave in the 100 last year they've got through all their group games and then as soon as there was a challenge in the final couldn't deal with it so let's hope it's the same Mm. This yeah, is, this is fighting talk. I like this. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm very competitive. I don't. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose with a team like Vipers, they could get quite complacent and be a bit overconfident. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, this will be hindsight. So I mean, anything could happen, and this will be irrelevant. But we'll see. Um, but speaking of the hundred. Um, you involved last year with Open Invincibles and you're staying on this year as well. Uh, what are your kind of thoughts ahead of this year? Because, I mean, the teams have changed quite a lot. Yeah, they have. Um, I mean, your last year was great. I came in as an injury replacement because Eva did her collarbone, um, which was quite, yeah. Um, but it was a really good experience then. Um, but obviously I didn't play. So that's my first aim for this season is to get into the team. Um, it was just such a good thing for the women's game because I came in um, halfway through. It meant that I'd, I'd watched it on TV the first night, all of the Academy girls, we were watching it at Shrewsbury when we were at the festival, watched the first game. I thought Oven Invincibles are gonna win the tournament. Just calling it there. 
Um, and then the week before, or five days before I got the call to go up, I went to the Oval to watch them play Welshire. So I was in the crowd thinking, oh, this is so cool. All the fireworks, all the buzz. And then Saturday I was there. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's such a step up from regional cricket in terms of how how many people are seeing it. And I don't know if that's something that can be taken into regional cricket to raise the profile of that as well, which would be really good. Um, but for now, I think I just want to make the most of the opportunity when it comes um, and make a bit of a name for myself, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, as you mentioned, it's such a good way to boost the profiles of the players. And, you know, for us, we, we knew relatively quite a few of the regional players, but actually, you know, it gave a platform to someone like one of your teammates, Alice Capsu. It's like, we hadn't really heard of her before. And suddenly it's like, whoa, you know, this is someone on our radar. And there were so many players like that in the tournament that, you know, they were up against huge names, overseas stars, um, but they still managed to have their moments. And I think, again, that's something really exciting because although you could perform well at regional level, it's not going to get the same sort of media attention and journalists who don't know much about the women's game won't be writing articles. But, you know, as soon as it's in the hundred, you know, on the BBC, suddenly, you know, these names are getting out and just more attention is being given to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so obviously we know of some of these players before it came out this summer. I've played with Alice for three or four years she was in the RDC with me and obviously I know that she's a, such a good player she's awful to bowl at I hate it <laughs> every ball you bowl just goes somewhere different you're like no just just leave it um but yeah seeing her walk out and just get a score at Lords when she got 50 it's 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 quite a proud moment but it's also you feel like she's getting the recognition she deserves um, which is quite frustrating when you see these players perform at regional level that then don't get a look in at the England side or the media otherwise. Um, so it was quite nice to see from the 100 them getting that attention that they deserve. Yeah, I think I had something else to say, but it's gone. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. <laughs> uh, awful. Yeah. <laughs> you wait till the old as I am, and it, it happens okay. like virtually every minute. And um, yeah, so I mean, I think it, it is, it's about getting to know people as much as anything else, isn't it? So the names of teams, but actually the names of people and, and to have those breakout stars uh, like Alice Capsi last year was, was really, really good because it, then it, I always think that for the general public, if they can associate, the more names they can associate with the sports, the better. And I think one of the yeah. issues with women's cricket is that if you go out into the general public, people don't really know the names of any players, really. And so it's actually when they get known, it means they can then tell their story. And when people know their story, then they have something they want to emulate as well. And that seemed to me to be the story of the 100 mm -hmm. last year. It was giving people a platform to tell their stories, really. Yeah, that and as soon as you know someone's name, you have the chance for them to inspire you. And I think that's the big thing. I think a lot of role models were made during the 100, I think a lot of young children were looking at the TV and going, do you know what, I want to be like this person or this person. 
um, people that they might not have seen if it wasn't for the platform that it was given. Girls, boys, female cricketers, male cricketers, all sort of there. And yeah, I just think the format of it as well, just the way of all of them were double headers, all of them were associated and you had your team based on regions. I think it was excellent. Tell me a little bit about Danny Van Niekerk, because it seems to me that she was the big difference when it came to the Oval winning the 100 last year. Yeah, so, I mean, she was just such a good captain, wasn't she? Um, I wasn't on the field, so I couldn't tell what she was doing a lot of the time there. But I just remember in the Eliminator, before the timeout, everything, it it looked like they were going to get the score easily. I think we only scored 100 or so. Um, and Amy Jones was in, I think Eve Jones was in, and they were just coasting. And she, team talk, she just took over. She said, like, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to win this game on. Um, JB, uh, the coach, didn't even get a word in, didn't even try. But from that moment, it changed. And I think we got two wickets in the next six balls or something and the game just completely turned on its head and then when we managed to win from there and then obviously won the competition after that but I think that was a massive turning point that was a huge um display of leadership just in one moment and yeah she's <laughs> all the South Africans are quite intimidating because <laughs> I'd, I'd watched them on the tv and gone oh my god I want to be like you um, and then I saw her in person. I was like, oh, you're cool. <laughs> but I can't say that. Um, yeah, no, it was amazing. And I think that was, I guess, the change from the regional teams is that you have those international players with the experience and they're happy to pass it on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think one of my biggest fears is facing like Marisan Kapp or Shabnam Ismail in the nets or something. Oh my gosh. I think I would just like move out the way and let them bowl me because honestly, they're just, I think also like their passion on the field. So we were there at the Eliminator mm. um, and just seeing how competitive they get and fired up. Like it's so good to see, but also I would want to be on their team rather than the opposition because it just looked petrifying. Yeah, I was very glad to be on the same side as them. Um, I managed the whole time I was there to not bat. Um, not not tactically at all not not that I didn't want to face either of them but yeah um, I, I guess the style of bowler I am as well my aim is to bowl as fast as I can so being in the same team as those two was it yeah it was just two of my role models really um, and I wanted to get as much out of them as possible I probably didn't get as much as I could but that's my aim for this season is to really get some I guess tips out of them um I want to wish you all the best for Saturday um <laughs> I, I hope I hope you, oh, no, you perform, can't take it back now <laughs> I hope you perform absolutely brilliantly and heroically in a in a very close losing cause I hope we win convincingly um both games but you know, can't have everything. But if you do, you by some fluke, win the semi-final, I hope you absolutely <laughs> stuff the Vipers. <laughs> we will. Don't you worry. I've decided it. There's no. There's no other possible thought. We're winning this. <laughs>
a few of us have promised we'll get a star tattoo if we win the double. So you know, <laughs> that's that's you know a bit of motivation, but also a bit of motivation not to. Yeah, yeah if someone gets a duck, you might be slightly suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get ducks normally. I promise it's not match fixing. <laughs> Anti corruption will be after. <laughs> brilliant yeah. to speak to you all uh, you got more exams this week i've got three more oh, um okay. one tomorrow and two on friday and then i drive straight up to north ants on the friday as soon as my exam finishes i'm going to run to my car and drive up as quickly as possible <laughs> and then hopefully i'll only miss half an hour of training as well as lunch which is the saddest bit but um yeah thank good. you ever so much for speaking to us especially at this very very busy time you need to get back to doing your revision now okay? <laughs> oh unfortunately thank you so much for having me <laughs> no, you're welcome. lovely to talk to you How interesting. Mm. Really good to talk to Emma. Yeah. And uh, you need to book some more guests, Paul. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Who um, do you think we should get? I think I think we need to look at the international programme. I think we should look at the international programme. And book our guests around that. Yeah. It'd be great to have an overseas star. Yeah. At some point in the next few weeks. Marisan. <laughs> Drop us a message. <laughs> so yeah, Kristen. Imagine if we got Sophie Eccleston. Can someone make that happen? I'm sure someone will be. We have to talk to England about it. Yeah. Have the night. Yeah. Let's get her involved. Yeah. Well, Sweet. you're all you're all welcome, but you know, yeah. join the queue. Join the queue. Yeah, we've got a long list. <laughs> so, um, in the meantime, I forgot we we haven't plugged the podcast like the all the social media a couple of weeks. Well, this is the moment. So, everywhere is on Shower Podcast, other than Twitter, which is Era Child Podcast. So, you can find us on Instagram. YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Wow. We've had so many views on YouTube. I know. It's gone a bit crazy. Yeah. Because it used to be I just put them on there. I don't really know. Why do I put them on there? For old people. For old people, yeah. But people actually listen on YouTube. Mm. Um, and yeah, thanks to Sid from <laughs> Cricket How you um, gave us a shout out on one of the articles which had a link to the YouTube, which helped the YouTube. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can find us all over social media and um yeah we'll give updates on there a lot more regular than the podcast and not in hindsight um so we'll see you next week for another guest and a preview of the england south africa series